Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Friday, March 18th, 2022. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here on behalf of DFS Coach Talk to go over an incredibly awesome 12-game NBA main slate tonight. These are the kind of slates we live for here at Coach Talk, and we are really ready to get after it. If you're watching right now on, on YouTube, please hit that thumbs up right at the start here and hit that subscribe button. Those thumbs up and hitting and subscribing is huge for us here at Coach Talk. We really, really do appreciate it. All right, no messing around at all today. We mean business. We're getting after it, and we're going right to game one. Here we go. Dallas Mavericks at the Philadelphia 76ers. Philadelphia is a two and a half point favorite at home, 217 and a half, low total, 107 and a half implied for the Mavericks, 110 flat implied for Philly. Coming into the game, Dallas is 43 and 26, Philadelphia 42 and 26, so almost identical records as they tussle here on this Friday night. Marquise Chris, questionable for Dallas, he's been out forever. He may get a few rotational minutes. Um, Reggie Bullock remains out, as does Tim Hardaway and Theo Pinson. For Philly, one questionable tag, and it may make just a small difference in this game one way or the other. Uh, it's a gentleman by the name of Joel Embiid. So let's see what happens here. Uh, they definitely uh, you know, can use him in this game, in a competitive game. We'll see if he plays. I think he plays. My initial projections, I have him in. It is not a back-to-back -back for Philly. It is the first night of a back-to-back, -back, however, for the Mavericks. So let's look at a couple of things here. Dallas, the slowest team in the NBA. Philadelphia, the second slowest team. So this is not going to be one of those up-and-down games uh, where they're moving the ball and running the floor. This is going to be a half-court set, especially if Embiid plays. You know, Hardens takes a million dribbles when he has it, sets it up. A lot of two-man game with Embiid. And then we know on Dallas's end, same thing for Luka. He's going to clear a side, pick and roll, switch until he gets against a defender that he can either take it to the hoop or, or hit that patented step-back three. So it's a fun game. I'm fired up to watch it. Is it the best game for DFS? Not generally when you have two teams that slow and two teams that can defend. Dallas is sixth and Philadelphia 11th in defensive efficiency. So as tempting as this game is, there are some big pieces here. You know, The question is, do you jump in? <clears throat> because there are so many great games tonight, a lot of fast-paced, poor defense games, so it makes it hard. The two guys, though, if you do want to push the chips in the middle here, Luka Doncic is 11-2, and on the other side, uh, Embiid is 10-8 if he plays. Um, after that, there is some decent value. Uh, Brunson and Dinwiddie at 5-8 and 6-3, respectively, have both played decent, but neither one of them has had super ceiling games, especially Brunson uh, like he used to. Uh, with both of them in the starting lineup. So uh, after that, very marginal for Dallas. Uh, the Philly side, you know, James Harden always needs to be discussed in this as well. 
I mean, obviously, if Embiid does happen to sit, James Harden, free square, plug and play, 9.6. I don't care who it's against. Uh, if he's the only star out there, he's going to get to his number. And he's price fair. So if Embiid plays, I won't go that route. But if he does happen to sit, I think Harden's in just automatic play. Tyrese Maxey's always uh, a possibility at 6'8". And you have Harris all the way down to 6'5", but, you know, he's been up and down. But again, if Embiid sits, then Harris becomes a fantastic play. All right. That's the only 7 o'clock game, so we'll definitely know what's going on <clears throat> with Joel. 7.30, we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 7.30 games. That's really bizarre. And Yahoo didn't play their uh, shenanigans here with trying to start a half an hour early, which is interesting. So. DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo all start full 12 games at 7 p.m. Eastern. Trailblazers and the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn favored by a big 14 and a half, decent 228 total, 106.75 for Portland, <clears throat> 121.25 for Brooklyn. As far as uh, injuries game set here, we've got Portland 26 and 42, Brooklyn 20 or 36 and 34, and obviously playing much better lately. It's in Brooklyn, so we have no Kyrie again. Also, Seth Curry is questionable. Lamarcus Aldridge and Simmons also out. For Portland, you've got a handful of guys out: Bledsoe, Lillard, Luzada, Nurkic, and Simons. So, where do we look here? Is this blowout? The way Brooklyn's playing, they've been tough, but there's no Kyrie, which certainly makes a big impact here uh, as well. Portland is 17th in pace, Brooklyn 11th, so even there. Portland 28th defensively, Brooklyn 18th. So 228 may not be even high enough for this game, but again, with no Kyrie, that definitely uh, brings those numbers down a little bit. Portland, just their team looks like it's going to get blown out when you look at their roster every night, but they have stayed in some games. Certainly some risk here of the blowout potential, but Kevin Durant becomes, you know, Kevin Durant here. I know he disappointed last time out, but, uh, you know, 10-5 fair price against a terrible defensive team, no Kyrie on the floor. KD is one of my favorite buy-ups. I'm just, you know, right out of the gate here. I think he's he makes perfect sense. Again, the fear, blowout, uh, but as bad as Portland is, they have been scrappy. So, you know, right now, you know, island game for both teams. Brandon Williams for Portland at 6-2 is, you know, in play. Josh Hart has had some monster games this, this past week, is 7-9. Got Justice Winslow that was eased back into the starting lineup last game at 5-6. And then your usual suspects of value of Watford, but he's 6-7 now. Who'd ever think Trendon Wofford would be 6-7? And Drew Eubanks is up to 5-4. So not jumping out of my seat there. Dragic has been getting big minutes for the Nets at 5K. Seth Curry should be back at 5-2. Those guys are both playable. Drummond threw a nice game on the board last time out at 5-4, but they're very cautious of him, his minutes. And then, you know, you always have that potential for Bruce Brown. 
I mean, he either throws up a 17 or a 47. I mean, he's he can throw some good uh, games up there when he adds some stocks. He's only 5'6". But really the focal point in this game for me is Kevin Durant at 10-5 and just hope it stays close enough, long enough. All right, game three, 7.30 as well. Memphis Grizzlies at the Atlanta Hawks. Memphis minus five, 237. Nice total. We got the famous over 115 for both implieds, which is a giant plus for me. 121 for Memphis, implied for Atlanta, 116. So no joking around in this game. Memphis is 48 and 22, Atlanta 34 and 35. John Morant, probable, he's going to play. So Memphis is going to be at full strength, which is we have not seen very often. Two massive questionable tags for Atlanta. Well, one massive, one sort of important. Some dude by the name of Trey Young is questionable. That might have a little bit to do with the builds here for sure. Um, and then uh, Danilo Gallinari also questionable. We already know John Collins is out. So this is one of those news dependent. If trade doesn't play, it shifts everything on the planet in this game. Um, if he does, then, you know, we will look at it from that perspective for now, and we can always back back down from it. Um, in this game, Memphis is now the number one fastest team in the league. Uh, they took over for uh, Houston, which is really amazing that they are playing at that kind of breakneck speed that they passed them up. And then <clears throat> Atlanta, 21st. Uh, Memphis, 7th in the league in defense. Atlanta, 26th. So Atlanta's defense really struggling. Jaw, great play. Fantastic payup option at 10-2. Fair price for him. If he's going to get full minutes, that's the key. We're going to be watching a lot of Coach Beak and Beat Writer info to determine that. And then we have Desmond Bain, 6'8", uh, certainly can throw some solid games. But with Dylan Brooks back, the ball's getting passed around a little bit more. Usage is splitting a bit. He's 5'8". And then Jackson at 6'6", and Adams at 6K. So they, other than Jaw. They're all priced about the same and all very fair and all have the chance to step up against this terrible Atlanta defense. If Trey's in, he's a full full board. He's a solid play. <clears throat> if he sits, though, everything changes. You've got Bogdanovich at 6-1 becomes one of my favorite plays. Herter at 5-3, Hunter at 5. Both uh, go up a few notches. And then Capella at 6'3", as much as I you know, don't like to play him in general, um, <clears throat> there's still no John Collins, and you know he's getting decent run, although Okongwu really is starting to take more and more of those minutes, and it's becoming pretty, pretty close to a, a, a split. So for me, I just need the Trey Young news, and we'll definitely react accordingly. And this game I will have some some exposure to for sure <clears throat> just hoping i'll have all the news prior to that 7 30 tip all right the next 7 30 game washington wizards new york knicks knicks by five and a half 225 and a half total 110 implied for washington 115 and a half for the new york knicks so we've got uh washington coming in 29 and 39 the Knicks 29 and 40 
No injuries for Washington at all. Grimes is probably back in the mix for the Knicks rotation. He's probable today, but we still have Nerlens Noel and Derrick Rose out. Washington first night of a back-to-back tonight, island game for the Knicks. Um, So let's take a look at a few things here. Pace, not good for two teams that aren't good. They still don't get up and down the floor. They're 23rd and 27th, respectively. Washington's defense has gone completely in the tank. They're all the way down to 25. That's the only bit that the Knicks have held on to. Defensively, they are 10th. So as far as the Wizards, it really comes down to, you know, if if you want to spend a few bucks on this game, which isn't the best game, Kuzma at 7-6 is now getting to where, uh, price-wise, he's much more playable. His price was way up there for a while. Chris Stapps, if he's going to get the minutes at 7-2, also can have a huge ceiling game, uh, but I don't know if this matchup is really conducive to that. If you want to go on the cheap, you can go Neto at 3-8, Caldwell Pope at 5. Super cheap, Kispert 3-4, Hashimura 3-3, Avdia 3-3, but all very dangerous picks and none that I would uh, really recommend other than for a GPP shot. So really it's Kuzma Porzingis that I'm looking at on the Washington side. For the Knicks, you know, you've got a couple of things here. You've got Julius Randle, who has played much better ball uh, of late than he did there for that horrible stretch he had uh, before the All-Star break. He's 9-2, which is a bit costly in, in this type of a game, but certainly can shine. Huge ceiling potential here and is in my consideration for my player pool. After that, I guess you got to go right to R.J. Barrett. The dude is playing ball. He has figured it out after a couple of years here and has really stepped up. He's only 7'9", which is more, you know, he's been more expensive recently, but he has really showed that he can back that up. So uh, Barrett certainly is the only other guy from the Knicks that I have any interest in at all, but I am interested. So possibility of a Kuzma in either a Randall or Baird on the other side, you can get some quality with those guys at really mid-level type pricing and for Randall, just a little bit more than that. So in consideration for me, not going to load up on the other uh, backups, but I do like some of those main players in this game. All right, next one, Denver Nuggets, Cleveland Cavaliers. I told you, no screwing around today. We're getting right after it. Denver's favored by uh, three, 222.5 total, 112.75 for Denver, 109.75 for Cleveland. Interesting game here. I like this game. Coming into the game, we've got um, the Denver Nuggets at 42 and 28, Cleveland at 39 and 30. Zeke Nagy questionable. Kanchar, Murray, and Porter out. For Cleveland, no Allen. We know that. Rondo and Wade are both out for this one as well. So we've got uh, first night of a back-to-back for Cleveland. Island game for Denver. So that could affect a bit of the rotation uh, there for sure. Bickerstaff's a little uh, cautious with, with his uh, main players. But they need this win. It's a, it's a, They're a road, I'm sorry, a home dog here. So that's very interesting. I know they'll come out with a chip on their shoulder because of that. 
Pace is lousy here, though, 22nd and 28th. So that's not conducive to a lot of possessions. Defense, not bad either. Denver, middle of the road, 15th. And we know Cleveland's had a super shutdown defense all, all year at uh, five. So is it a joker night? He's 11-5. I don't know. Cleveland, you know, they're not the same interior defense since Jared Allen went down. But Mobley can still defend. And, you know, they have some, some bodies inside. They do play good team defense. Um, the Joker's always a good play. I mean, I, don't, I haven't seen him be a bad play, uh, you know, this year. But, you know, it is a, only a 222.5 total. He is on the road against a pretty good Cleveland defense. Maybe not the spot that I'll go up to, to Joker, but it might just be a good spot if his, everybody else is thinking the same and his ownership comes in lower uh, than normal. So that's going to be a situation where I'm going to be watching ownership and, you know, what the, the talk is in the industry, uh, whether or not, you know, he's a decent play based on that. So we'll see what kind of leverage we can get. Other than that, with Denver, though, you just have a lot of mid-price guys that are uh, scratches. I'm not even going to mention them all with the Morris Bartons and Highlands. Highlands Highland has done really well for me lately. I've been playing him at 4-6. He's getting more and more play. Uh, he's tempting at that price. Morris is only 4-9 as well, but uh, you know, and Barton at 5-5. Five, five. But it's just not the perfect matchup. I don't like... Uh, really the flow of this game but if it stays close to the end and you're having a need of a value guy that it's going to get 30 minutes you certainly can plug in some of these denver guys for cleveland darius garland always a terrific play as well he's eight five i like him in this matchup i'd like it to be a little quicker though uh they, they're implied being below 110 isn't real comforting to spend up to eight five for a guy like garland but you can consider it uh, Mobley at 7-5, we're going to see what he's made of here. He's got to go against the Joker. You know, can he stand up to him, not get in foul trouble, and have the focus to be able to play on the offensive end as well? That's a, a test. I'm a little concerned about it. But, uh, you know, with Karis LeVert being back, too, that takes just a notch out of Garland and Mobley for me because he does grab quite a bit of usage. I don't know why he doesn't start. It makes no sense to me, but they're bringing him off the bench. Uh, Levert's 6'4", but off the bench, it's a little bit unsettling, but he should get big minutes, and he's not a bad play at, at super low ownership. Um, and really, that's about it for, for that game. I don't want to get carried away with it because it isn't going to be a quick-paced game, but there is a lot of talent for sure. All right, we go to... Finally, the last 7.30 game. It's amazing how many of them there are tonight. It's the LA Lakers at the Toronto Raptors. Toronto favored by nine, 225 and a half total, 108.25 for the Lakers, 117.25 uh, for the Toronto Raptors. Lakers come in 29 and 40, Toronto 39 and 30. Um, we've got LeBron questionable, whatever, he's playing THT questionable as well. We know Davis and Nunn are out. For Toronto, two guys out, Ananobi and Flynn. And so far, no designation on Van Bleet. He's been as bad as, as LeBron almost lately, getting that designation every day of questionable. But 
right now here on Friday morning, Van Fleet is in. So coming into this game, first night of a back-to-back -back on the road for L.A. So I guess, you know, people can say, well, maybe LeBron will sit. But I doubt it. They need every win they can to get into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, we'll see. But 7.30, no worries. Plenty of time. Not like he's usually the late game when you have to sweat out, swap and stuff. You'll have plenty of time to do that and lots and lots of games to, to work with. So if don't have any fear at all, if you're going to put uh, LeBron in there, which he does make sense at 10, seven, uh, you have plenty of swap swap time. If, if he does sit um, Lakers are sixth in pace, Toronto 26th, and then defensively Lakers 16th, Toronto 12th. So this, you know, you've got a lot of big names here. A lot of guys that can score the ball. It will be a tempting game for a lot of people to, to roster, but I'm not as crazy about it, to be honest with you. I think Russ at 8-3 still ridiculous. LeBron at 10-7, I get. Uh, the rest of the guys, i just not interested. I, there's just too much of nothing with this squad, and they can lay eggs all over the place. I get it that some people are going to be tempted for Monk and Howard and, and different guys, but there's a lot of incurred risk uh, there for a game, you know, a night where you have 24 NBA teams lacing them up. Toronto, a little bit different. Siakam at 8-9 has had some terrific games. Van Vliet's price has come all the way down to 7-6. So if he's going to play and get his minutes, I think he's a really nice play here. He is the one guy I have circled thus far. Gary Trent's had some fantastic games lately. He's 6-2 and certainly is a consideration. Scotty Barnes, price is 7-7, which is fair, mid-level price. So really the four Raptors there, Van Fleet, Trent, Barnes, and Siakam, <clears throat> all get some interest for me. And then on the other side, like I say, you know, we need to see how it shakes out, but LeBron would be the play, in my opinion, to go to if we're sure he's going to lace them up. All right, we go to the 8 o'clock games. We only have two of those tonight. First one is the Indiana Pacers and Houston Rockets. It is Indiana minus three. And how about this total? 240. And implied smashed our uh, 115 number we're looking for. 121 and a half Indiana implied 118 and a half for the Houston Rockets. How nice is that? Indiana's 23 and 47. Houston is 17 and 52. We don't care about that on DFS. We like that these two teams are lousy because they makes them equal. Uh, we've got a questionable tag on Goga and also Chris Duarte, so two rotational guys we need the news on. Uh, Isaiah Jackson is out. That's big news. McConnell and Turner remain out. For Houston, uh, Eric Gordon, questionable. Garuba and Wall, my two guys that I waste five seconds on every single day, are still out. As far as uh, the fact that it's an island game is very helpful. The fact that Indiana's 13th in the league in pace, Houston is third, so you got all kinds of pace here. And how about the defense? Indiana 27, Houston remains last. So terrible defense, great pace, high Vegas total. Nothing to lose for these teams. I'm telling you, this game needs 
some exposure to your roster, your lineups, your prize picks, your uh, prop bets, your straight bet. I mean, focus on this game tonight, I think. I'll be walking away with probably a good three guys from this game, which is a ton when you consider there are 24 teams playing. Let's look at it. Malcolm Brogdon, 7-7, very fair price. He's playing well when he's been playing. He's been playing great. Halliburton, a little too high. He's the guy I'm not going to go to at 9K. He's overpriced because that has increased with Brogdon being out. So I much prefer Brogdon there. Healed at 7-4, nice play. And then I, I like o O'Shea Brissett at 4-7, I think is a steal. Jalen Smith's my favorite play on this entire uh, team here, though. You've got no um, – who is out, I said, for – you've got no Jackson and Goga questionable. So if Goga sits, Jalen Smith will be my lock washer play of the day, my favorite play. If Goga plays, I'm still going to like Smith a lot, but he's not going to be the 100% plug-and-play everywhere. But he's only 5'7". He makes perfect sense here. If Duarte, you know, plays or not means something because you'll get more minutes from Stevenson and Washington, Terry Taylor, some of their bench. But I do love this side. I think Brogdon's priced right. Heald is fair. Brissett's cheap. And Jalen Smith is a smash. For Houston, you've got some similar great plays here. Um, KPJ 6-4, fair. Jalen Green 5-8, we know how hot he's been of late. Um, not really interested in Gordon Tate. Wood, if he gets full minutes at 7-3, very playable. Can also take a, a nice low ownership on a Dennis Schroeder at 5-2 or a KJ Martin at 4-2 who's been getting big minutes. So love this game, love the combination of these players, and I will be focusing a lot uh, on this one. All right, <clears throat> we go to the next 8 o'clock game. We're kicking tail on the speed today. I want to get this info in for everybody because a lot of preparation needs to be done today. Uh, 8 o'clock, Oklahoma City Thunder, Miami Heat. Miami minus 16, so danger, Will Robinson, danger. If anybody, that shows my age. That's way back, TV show reference, Look that one up. It's a, it was a great show. We thought it was really cool back in the day. Um, Miami 16-point favorite, 101.75 implied for the Oklahoma City Thunder, 117.75 for the Miami Heat. We've got the Thunder coming in at 20 and 49, Miami 46 and 24. Home game on a Friday night in South Beach against one of the worst teams in the league. I don't think Jimmy Butler's playing. They have Jimmy Butler and P.J. Tucker listed as questionable. This is definitely the kind of game that Jimmy sits. So I'm initially, even though he's hasn't been uh, designated anything below uh, questionable, I'm not counting him in for right now, but we'll follow that news. Also, uh, not just Butler and Tucker listed as questionable, but Caleb Martin, Jimmy's backup. Uh, big thing for Oklahoma City, though, SGA is questionable. So if he sits, I don't see how this game doesn't blow out. And it just, I want to rate run from this game if that's the case. Um, but other than that, out uh, out for this game is Favors, Giddy, JRE, and Kenrich Williams. So you've got a lot of concerns here, a lot of possible issues. 
that you know can't be uh, ignored. Oklahoma City's 15th in pace, Miami 24th, so that's not a help. Oklahoma City 17th, which isn't bad defensively. Miami's fourth. So <clears throat> this is my my fear game that I think can sink a lot of ships. Um, definitely need the news. If SGA does play, he's playable even though he's a big fat 9-9. He wouldn't be my first payup option, but at least you can think about him. If he doesn't play, I'm, that's where I could get some value from the Thunder, but I'm not crazy about it. You've got Trey Mann at 5-2. Um, you've got uh, Aaron Wiggins at 4-5. You know, Theo Maladon, Maladon 3-6, Poku 5-K. I... On second thought, don't just don't play any of these skaboojis. They cannot get it done against the Heat. I'm sorry, not to be disrespectful to any Thunder fans out there, but they're terrible. And if SGA doesn't play, you know, mail it in. And if he doesn't play as well, I'm just not going to force my hand here with uh, Miami either. Even if Butler sits. Do you really want Kyle Lowry at 6'3", or Bam at 8'3", or Hero at 7'4", knowing that they could play limited minutes in a blowout? I think I'm going to go to to Texas here and the old-fashioned El Paso for this game. It just doesn't make sense. I don't want to force anybody in in a game that I don't think is going to be competitive. All right. We've got an 8.30 game, a 9, and two 10 o'clock games. Real quickly, join us here at Coach Talk. If you listen to this podcast every day, you know we put our heart and soul into this. We absolutely love DFS. We love our members. We love our community. We're available 24-7. We're giving lineups out for everything. We give out that clipboard for DraftKings. We are totally involved with our with everything, I don't think you'll find anybody on uh, any of our members that we haven't had either one-on-ones with as far as going over bankroll management, going over contest selection, which is the most common mistake that DFS players make. Um, we just, we, you know, we're trying to create a culture here in the DFS space, and we'd love for you to join us. It's DFSCoachTalk.com. Com. You can see our membership options there. If you just want to try us out for the weekend, this is the time to do it. It's three days, 10 bucks. That's it. You get to see all of our golf, which right now we are sitting at the very top of the golf leaderboards after round one. So it could be monster takedowns this weekend. We've got all the NBA basketball. We cover every single game. And then we also, you know, have baseball here that started some preseason games that my man Crash and Mike S will be sharing some lineups and some plays. <clears throat> and then we've, you know, we've got it all going here. Baseball, football, golf, and uh, baseball, football, golf, and oh yeah, basketball. Uh, we've got it all, man. Just come and join us. Try us out. You're going to love it. We'd love to have you. If you're watching this on YouTube, quick thumbs up, hit the subscribe button. And while you're at it, hit that little alarm in the upper corner. That'll let you know when any of our podcasts post. We have a, a podcast coming up in just a little bit today for our prize picks uh, picks of the day. I am 10 and 2 in my last 12 after going 2 and 2 yesterday after an 8 and 0 stretch. So rake it in on prize picks. I did a nice withdrawal yesterday and that was fun. So uh, come and join us. We would love to have you.
Next game, 8.30, Pelican Spurs. Spurs favored by three, 237 total, 117 implied for the Pels, 120 for San Antonio. So some good numbers in this game for DFS purposes <clears throat> for two teams that used to be somewhat duds, but they have both picked it up. The Pels uh, come in at 28 and 41, Spurs 27 and 43. Devontae Graham questionable and Jose Alvarado questionable. So they could be very short in the backcourt there for the Pels, which could spell more minutes for C.J. McCollum, by the way. Ingram is already ruled out. On top of that, Larry Nance and my buddy Cheeseburgers Williamson, no play so far. Spurs, Kate's, Kata Bates-Jopp, uh, Romeo Langford, Doug McDermott, out. So let's look at a couple of things here. We've got the Pels on the first night of a back-to-back -back on the road. So a little bit uh, tougher chore there, especially being uh, shorthanded. <clears throat> the Spurs, it is an island game. A uh, couple of things here. Pace, Pels, a little bit below middle of the pack, 18th. We know the Spurs are playing faster than I think any pop team has played. They're fifth in pace. Defensively, not going well for either squad. Pels, 22 Spurs 20. So one of my favorite plays tonight uh, is C.J. McCollum. <clears throat> no Ingram, and I think that this game just fits. Graham may or may not play. Alvarado may or not may not play. So this, even though it's there's two games tonight and tomorrow for the Pels, they need to win every game if they're going to get in. I think C.J. is a really nice play at 9-3. If you want to play up on the other side, another guy that we don't even have to say he's a great play because he's a great play every night. <clears throat> That's DeJounte Murray. He's a 10-6, which stings a little bit. But if this game stays close, as expected, it really could be a McCollum and Murray shootout back and forth. And that is very tempting to hit both sides of that for sure. So definitely two guys I'm looking strongly at. After that, if you're looking for a little more value, you have a Herb Jones and Jackson Hayes, 5'9 and 5'1. Uh, Joval versus Pirtle doesn't make me jump out of my seat. Uh, they're both similar style, you know, bully ball players. Joval's 8'4, Pirtle 6'9, a little expensive for my liking. Um, you know, gambling with some of the, the Spurs guys, it's hard. Keldon Johnson can have a great game or a terrible game. Same thing with Devin Vassell and Josh Richardson and Lonnie Walker and Josh Primo. The, the list goes on. So it is a, a, a big risk for sometimes a reward. But for me, it's pretty simple. If I'm going to roster a spur, I'm going to pay up and I'm going to go grab DeJounte. And really for the Pels, it's the same scenario. Um, pay up to get McCollum, maybe... A Jackson Hayes at only 5 1 because he is capable of strong games um, at that cheaper price tag. So it's probably going to be pay up or move on for me here, but I'll probably be paying up. All right. The only nine o'clock game on the on the board Clippers, Jazz, Utah minus five and a half, 215 total, 104.75 for the Clippers, 110.25 for the Utah Jazz. Clippers come in 536 and 36. Utah. A solid 43 and 26. We already know who's out for the Clippers. Usual suspects, George, Leonard, Powell, Preston. Everybody else is in. For Utah, the only questionable tag is Trent Forrest. Their usual suspects are out. Azabuki, House, and Mitchell. And as we know, Bogdanovich now has been out for a couple of games. 
to be added to that list. Island game for both teams. Um, it is Clippers 19th in pace, Utah 20th. That's not a lot of fun. Defense, also not a lot of fun, 8th and 9th. So you got two top 10 Ds. All the other factors just come into play that make this game really pretty crappy. Let's put it to you just right out there. Uh, Reggie Jackson, everybody seems to flow to him a lot, 7-6. He definitely can have some up games. More same thing at 6-1. It is a, a complete trap shoot. Uh, tra I should say trap or crap shoot. How about trap shoot being the new word we'll use when the game can be bad. Trap shoot. How about that? Coffee, Batum, Zubots. Zubots has been better lately. I'll give him that. Man, Canard, Covington. Hartenstein. I mean, please, uh, it gives me uh, acid reflux just saying those names. So really not interested on the Clippers side, uh, except a slight consideration for Jackson and Morris. Utah side, it's, it's definitely interesting. You know, the question is, what's going to happen here as far as this rotation? Let me look again to make sure. We've got, <clears throat> the, the, you know, the, the thing is Mitchell being out. That's the big thing. So Azubuki, Bogdanovich, House, and Mitchell. So Mitchell out for sure. And that, that does make Utah, like where is that usage going to go to? So let's look at that for a brief moment here. This probable starting lineup is Conley, Clarkson, O'Neal, Hernan Gomez, and Gobert. With Whiteside, Gay, maybe Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Uh, he hasn't played much. Trent Forrest, who is questionable, Eric Pascal. I mean, it's interesting. So somebody's going to have to be taking the shots. We know Gobert isn't an offensive player, really. He's just going to get some lobs and rebounds. So where did the majority of those shots go? I think possibly this may be the first time all season. I'm not kidding. Mike Connolly is an option for me. He's 5'7". I have not played him since last season, I don't think because he is fading into the sunset, but he's got to step up and score here. And I don't know if a lot of people are going to be confident enough to take him. The other guy that's going to be a volume shooter here, maybe 20 shots is Jordan Clarkson. He's 5'8", which is very fair as well. He's had a lousy season. His percentages are terrible, but I really think the backcourt of Conley and Clarkson, I'm probably grudgingly going to go to one of the two of them. Uh, not that I'm all that confident, in how they can produce, but the usage has to go somewhere. And I'm not counting on a defensive Royce O'Neal, Juancho Hernan Gomez, no, you know, Rudy Gay. We saw what he did with everybody, his impression of a Tony Snell game most of the day the other day. Just it's it's bad. Um, it's, this is not a fun game to roster, but I think forcing in one of those Utah guards and Conley or Clarkson is going to be very sharp and very sneaky. So let's keep that in mind. All right. <clears throat> the two late night sweat games, both at 10 o'clock. First one, Boston at Sacramento. Boston's a road favorite at nine and a half, 224 and a half total, 117 for Boston, 107.75 low for Sacramento. Boston's 42 and 28, Sacramento 25 and 46. We have for Boston, Naismith is out. For Sacramento, De'Aaron Fox, questionable. Massive, massive news. Set up your swaps accordingly if you use Fox, It unless we get that news ahead of time, because that's a dangerous one. Uh, we know Davis and Lamb are out. 
Statistically, Boston 25th in pace, Sacramento 8th. So it is a good pace-up spot for the Celtics here if the game stays close enough long enough. Boston now has overtaken Golden State. Can you believe this? Boston is the number one defense in the NBA, slightly ahead of Golden State for the first time, I think, all season. And Sacramento, somewhat the opposite. They are the second worst team, only Houston worst in the entire league. So nine and a half is not a bad spread considering, you know, especially if Fox doesn't play. I don't know how this game stays close if he sits, but let's see. Marcus Smart, 6-1. Jalen Brown, 7-5. Jason Tatum, 9-5. Robert Williams, 6-8. Those four guys in play for me for Boston. If I think it's going to stay close, if Fox gets, or close enough, I should stay, say, uh, and if Fox gets ruled in, those four all I think are priced fair. Those would be considerations for me, but not smash plays by any stretch. Darren Fox, if he's in, 8-9, not a bad price, but he, that vaunted Boston defense is tough. And then Sabonis is the only other guy I would even consider on this entire team. He's 8-7. I think that uh, this is, you know, he's he's playing some really good ball. He's getting the minutes. If they keep this game close at all, I think he's going to be the big reason. But if do I have the courage, you know, to spend that money on in a game against the number one defense in the league? Uh, other than that, maybe DiVincenzo off the bench at 4-9, unless the deck gets shuffled with, with Fox out and he gets a start. Uh, just something to keep an eye on, but not a game that I'm going to have much attention to at all. All right, let's finish it up. Chicago Bulls, Phoenix Suns. Phoenix by 5.5. That's it. 229.5 total. 112 implied for Chicago. 117.5 uh, for the Phoenix Suns. Chicago rolls into Phoenix 41-28. and 28. The Suns host at 56 and 14. Zach Levine probable. I'm counting him in for now. No ball, no Williams. Everybody else for Chicago is back. Jay Crowder is the questionable one for Phoenix. He was a scratch the last game. Uh, our man Gabriel Lundberg is probable. I say our man because we don't really know who he is very much. Uh, and then the guys that are out, Johnson, Kaminsky, Paul, and Sarich. So coming into this game, statistically, Chicago 16th in play pace, Phoenix 10th. Defensively, Chicago 19th, and Phoenix a tough third. So do we look to anybody here? And, you know, 229.5 is a decent total, 5.5 is a fairly uh, close spread. We've got expensive bulls, though. That's the problem. 7-7 seven, seven, uh, Levine. Nine for DeRozan and eight one for Vuk against the Suns' tough defense in Phoenix. It, it's hard to spend the up for those guys uh, against that squad, but maybe you sneak one of them in there. I think the ownership will be down because it's a late game because their prices are high and they're playing such a good defensive team. And more than likely, one of them will probably go off. So to have some exposure there is decent. Not interested in any of the bench guys or the other starters for Chicago. I think you go, you, you know, suck it up and buy up for one of the, the three bigs of Chicago, or you just don't play any of them. Uh, for Phoenix, obviously, Devin Booker's always a terrific play at this point at 9-1. He's a little expensive, but makes perfect sense here. Uh, he'll be on my short list of guard buy-ups. And then Cameron Payne, 7-1, seems like a lot to spend for him, but Man, he dominates the ball when he's out there. He runs the point like a starting point guard, uh, you know, and it's 
he's getting more and more comfortable the longer the Paul's uh, out. So not out of the question at 7-1. Wouldn't play both Payne and Booker together, but if I can't get the extra 2K to get up to Booker, then Payne is an option. After that, though, not crazy. DeAndre Ayton, yeah, 7K, you know, cheap price. He could do well. Vuk's not a good defender, but I just never feel comfortable with his minutes. Uh, you know, McGee gets nice minutes. They rotate around. You know, I... I just don't know if I want to spend up, although that is pretty cheap for him. If Crowder sits, you know, it does bring more of a Mikhail Bridges at 6-1 into play. Everybody did somersaults, flips, and passed out over being able to grab Torrey Craig at 4K, and the dude paid off. I got to give him credit. But this isn't the exact same scenario, and Crowder is questionable, so we'll keep an eye on that uh, as the uh, night goes so uh interesting set of games there it is 24 teams 12 games our favorite here at coach talk we love when we have these giant slates we think it gives us a massive edge we are so fired up for this slate we hammered this out in 45 minutes that was my goal because i wanted everybody to have time to listen check it out get those lineups built Come and join us, dfscoachtalk.com. We'd love to have you. We have a base Major League Baseball giveaway. Check us out on Twitter, at dfscoachtalk. We're giving away a, a full season membership for baseball. That's uh, all the way until October 2nd. So uh, all you have to do is jump on, tweet out, and at to another DFS player or friend that qualifies you for that pick that we're going to make in a week. So you got a little time there. Uh, we also have all kinds of specials and contests and everything else going. Uh, just check us out. If you have any questions, again, we're uh, on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Thank you for listening. I hope you absolutely just roll away with big, gigantic wins tonight in all FanDuel, DraftKings, and Yahoo will be supplying for all of them and uh, definitely look forward to that. Saturday, tomorrow is going to be a fun day. Good schedule. I'm with Crash. Josh and I will do the podcast for both DFS and prize picks. And tomorrow's also uh, every Saturday we do uh, online. We build a two brains are better than one FanDuel GPP right on the podcast. So Join us then. I look forward to seeing you and have a great, great Friday. And we'll be back tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS.